0: By Any Warrior Podcast, Episode 4, Tattoos as a Form of Healing with Trent Wachowski. And welcome to episode four of the Binding Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Guru Mike Pana, chief instructor and founder of the Bionic Warrior Martial Arts Academy, located right here in the sunny Dallas, Texas area. Uh, today's episode, I'll be interviewing my buddy Trent Wachowski from Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, Trent is an awesome guy. We actually got to meet about two or three years ago at a Atienza kali called the Mountain Sama Sama. Uh, you know, Trent trains with a very dear friend of mine in the Sayaka Atienza tribe, uh, Guru Joy Marana, out of Baltimore, Maryland. And uh, Trent and I have gotten to know each other over the last few years, Trent is actually a tattoo artist by trade. Uh, But what makes Trent unique in his skill set is that he uses tattoo art to bring healing and comfort to breast cancer patients from all over the world. He does this by using his tattooing skills to tattoo realistic and accurate tattoos of areolas for the patients that he serves. I felt Trent was a natural choice for this podcast because I firmly believe that his profession is very much in line with what we in Bayani Warrior are all about. He uses his skills to serve, heal, and protect the hearts and minds of the patients that he works with. So without further ado, here's my interview with my buddy, Trent Wachowski. All right, Trent, thanks for joining me on the show, brother. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey man, so i uh, just give a little bit about your background. I kind of explained it uh, during the intro portion of the show, but um, if you wouldn't mind just explaining uh, kind of a little bit about your background, uh, how you got into tattoo art, and what uh, drove you uh, to do what you're currently doing.
1: So I've been tattooing now for just over 14 years. Um, I'd always wanted to be a tattooer ever since I was a kid, basically, which is unusual, and it took me quite a while to get involved, so- so I started tattooing when I was 25. Um, I'm self-taught, but that doesn't mean that you don't learn a lot from people along the way. Um, I was definitely very driven uh, to make artwork, I guess, originally. But after a while, um, the guy I work with now, Vinny Myers, um, he started tattooing breast cancer survivors. So he kind of happened into it through Johns Hopkins. And as things progressed, he needed more people to kind of come on. So I was one of the first people he asked to kind of come in and um, learn the system and really take this up as a full-time job.
0: All right, I said. so you've been doing this since you were 25. Uh, was there anything in your background, say, you know, was there a point when you were a kid where you were like, I really want to get into that? Or was there any kind of like, you know, that aha moment that kind of inspired you to uh, pursue tattooing?
1: Um, I can't remember an exact point in time. I guess I'd always been interested in counterculture art, and back then, when I was 25, actually when I was 14, is when I first took interest in it. Tattoos weren't as popular as they are now. Um, it was definitely kind of a it was a subculture. It was uh, something that wasn't looked at uh, fondly by the public, and I kind of liked that. I thought it was it had its own. It has its own magic. Um, I feel like it's lost a lot of that magic with the television exposure now, but I feel like I've gotten some of that back, uh, applying my craft to this new medical stuff.
0: I was curious, like, uh, what uh, type of training did you have to go through in order to uh, attain the skills you had? You said you were somewhat self-taught, but, I, you know, the quality of your work is really good. I'm, I'm very curious as to, um, you know, what your training entailed.
1: Um so I I've, I've been an artist my whole life and uh I'm very good at appropriating different styles of artwork. I could pretty much draw almost anything if I really put myself to it. So tattoo art was something that I was interested in and uh early on I think I just tried to learn the language and draw as many things as I possibly could related to it. Um So I think art plays a big role in modern tattooing. I don't feel that you would do very well or make it very far if you couldn't already draw or uh, had an illustration background. Um, So mainly what I had to learn was the technical portion. I had to learn how to operate a tattoo machine, um, how the whole thing worked. There's a lot of nuances to that. And then you have to learn how it all kind of works in the skin. There are a ton of different skin types. I mean, it's—I'm still finding new ones. You know, there's there's still new ones coming about, and I, I've tattooed thousands and thousands of people. So it's—you never stop learning this craft, I guess. Uh, but really, it's just—I spent a lot of time tattooing people.
0: <laughs> right, right. No. Yeah. I'm really interested. And I'm sure our audience here is interested um, in hearing how you went from being a tattoo artist uh, to now a tattoo artist who now serves uh, breast cancer patients. It's a very unique uh, line of work that you're in. So I'm very curious as to how you went from, you know, tattooing to now tattooing uh, with a higher purpose. How did you get into uh, that?
1: Okay, so um, I was working for Vinnie Myers. At, uh, at our street shop here in uh, Baltimore, and uh, I had kind of worked my way up to the first chair, so I was kind of like the the guy working, you know, doing the most stuff there, or the kind of the head guy. And as Vinny was getting busier with his uh, with his breast cancer tattooing, that he kind of fell into, um, he needed to bring somebody on. So I had spoken with him quite a few times as he would come back from trips about what he was doing, um, some of the theories, some of the stuff that he was learning from these doctors, and my interest was really piqued, and it was something that I definitely felt still had some magic, and it was cool to hear that we could use our abilities or our craft to provide something for people Um that meant a lot more. You know, I kind of view these tattoos as it's restorative. It's not necessarily decorative. Mm -hmm. And, um, body decoration is kind of what tattooing has been. Um, at least in the modern times, um, a lot of the older tattooing served a lot of different purposes, but in modern times it's basically body decoration. And what, what I found by tattooing these women is that it means so much more than that. Um, so as I kind of made my way into it, it became a full-time transition, and now I, I travel the country basically doing this.
0: In your experience, what has the uh, what have, what have been your experiences uh, regarding uh, the transformation or the restoration of some of the patients that you've worked with, or some of the individuals that you've worked with uh, using your art?
1: Um, it's it's been unbelievable, and it's been uh, it's been shocking too. Um, women will go through the entire reconstruction process uh, and it's it can be very difficult for them Um, it you know begins with somebody telling you that you have cancer usually um, or that you are predisposed for cancer and then you know it's like a, a whirlwind or a tornado comes through your life and they go and see a plastic surgeon towards the end there and they kind of reconstruct them But they don't feel whole again until they get the tattoos. Mm. And uh, it's been amazing for me to see that. Uh, You know, we were just in Boston two weeks ago, and uh, you meet so many amazing people that would never make their way into a tattoo shop, and to hear their stories is incredible. Some of them are sad, some of them are happy, some of them are a mixed bag, Um, but everyone's story is different.
0: No, absolutely. And, you know, the way I met you, and I'm, I'm pretty sure my, my listeners know this already from before, uh, but, you know, I met you through the Atienza Kali tribe. You know, I met you. I know you're a student of uh, Guru Joy Marana over in Baltimore. Have, has uh, your martial arts training um, in the Filipino martial arts, has it really benefited your tattoo art? Has it enabled you to see things in a different light?
1: That's an interesting question. Um, I would say, My Filipino martial arts training has definitely given me a higher dedication level, Mm. and I think that that definitely has, Mm. you know, made its way into my career. Um, I like that there is such an aspect of family uh, with the Filipino martial arts, and I feel that, too, with these patients. Mm. Um, They are definitely looking for for a deeper connection uh, with us, you know, as as we're kind of helping them through the process and... You know, I hear from people, you know, weeks, months and even years later about, about their tattoos and about, about what it's helped them do. And uh, I definitely feel like the family aspect and the, the, the personable closeness and, and uh, you know, friendship aspect, it plays a role.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting because I I don't know if we discussed this, but, you know, the history of tattooing actually has its roots in Filipino tribal culture as well as cultures all over the world. And so I find it very fascinating that, you know, you're using this art. You're you're a Filipino martial arts practitioner. You have a very uh, unique craft and you're applying that unique craft to serving tribes. All over the country so talk to me about your um, your uh, traveling I know that you travel all over the country Can you go a little bit deeper into how s- far spread and widespread um, this um, this practice is because um, I know that you again were recently here in Texas you come here a few times a year you mentioned you were in Boston um, you know how far does this practice go is this nationwide or is this you know even international
1: um, we we have a lot of people internationally that that come visit us at our shop here in Maryland um but about three years ago we started doing the traveling, maybe two and a half years ago. Um and our we've got two groups of people. So Paul Bassett and myself, we travel to uh Dallas area, we travel to Boston. Um we're trying to set up Denver right now because there's a there's a big need for it out there. I just recently got a call from someone in Miami, a plastic surgeon in Miami. Um so we're kind of we got a couple other irons in the fire. Uh Vinny and his daughter, Anna, they travel to New Orleans, uh, San Diego, um, Hoboken, New Jersey. And uh, we're also kind of tag team in the Birmingham uh, practice right now. So we just did our first trip there. And uh, depending on who's available, uh, one of the teams will go there as well.
0: Excellent. So what would uh, someone have to do? Let's say you know there's a tattoo artist listening to this that wants to uh, utilize their art form, that is tattooing. Uh, for a higher purpose, like you are, um, how would they get involved, uh, getting in your line of work?
1: Now that's a really difficult question. Um, we used to we used to do really difficult tattoos on perfect skin, and I equate that with you know picture tattoos and you know what what most people think of traditional modern tattooing. Um, now I do somewhat simpler tattoos on really difficult skin. So depending on the reconstructive process that, that each each individual person has gone through, um, it can be, it can be somewhat of a nightmare to tattoo. Uh, you know, and sometimes, sometimes the result, uh, that they're looking for isn't going to be achievable because of the, the path that they've been on or, or because of like, what they've had to to undergo. Mm -hmm. So I would say that if someone wanted to do this, uh, they should have at least a decade of experience tattooing in a busy street shop. So they have a good education on skin. Mm -hmm. Um, But also I would, I would caution them that if they want to do something like this, it will take over your life. Um, It's, it's really difficult to do both picture tattooing and the medical tattooing Mm. because there's, there is a demand for it. And, uh, when the word gets out, you know, it may take over your book of business. And I know a lot of tattooers that the reason they got into tattooing was to make art. Mm. And, uh, after working for 10 years, most people have developed a book of business, and they're they're starting to do a lot of custom stuff and a lot of stuff that they are that they've been dreaming about their whole career. So it's tough to give that up, you know, to to dedicate yourself to something like this. Now I get a lot out of it; like I really enjoy it. I really, really love what I do. Um, but I would caution artists that that's something that they might undergo, you know, that something they might have to come to terms with and make the decision on. Um, it's also very difficult to get in with, with uh, plastic surgery practices and find people who are willing to let you kind of, you know, do your first tattoos on them. Um, while there are tons of qualified tattooers out there, a lot of these women that I tattoo, they don't have tattoos, mm. so they feel a little more apprehensive about going to you know a local shop searching for mm. tattooing so mm. it's a difficult road, but you know if somebody's really really wants to do it and they're really dedicated to it, um, I think they they could achieve it, you know
0: no, absolutely and again, like what you guys do is so amazing and so you know unique. I really hope that there's more um, individuals who pursue what you're doing because I think it's definitely making a difference. Um, and so um, another question I would have, um, and this is something that was, that was on my mind as we were setting this interview up, you know, is there any stories that stick out in your mind, maybe a, a, a moment or maybe a particular uh, client um, through your practice that really sticks out, something that you wouldn't mind sharing with us? Because I'm sure the audience would love to hear a personal story or testimonial from that.
1: Well, let me think. There's so many
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, Some of the ones that really stick out the most to me are when you tattoo young women mm-hmm. who may have may have young children and not everyone not everyone makes it through this uh, with a happy ending mm-hmm. you know right. I've tattooed plenty of women who are who are they're not going to win their battle with cancer you mm-hmm. know and that makes it a very very difficult. <clears throat> A difficult job it's in a it's a very emotional job mm-hmm. and uh i could think of one woman in particular who i tattooed who came up from uh the virginia dc area and she was she was very sweet and uh she wasn't very she wasn't overjoyed to get the tattoos mm-hmm. but she she wanted to do it and she had young children and uh I guess the story would be more about me and how I felt, but it was a very difficult day, uh, mm-hmm. sitting with her and talking with her about you know what she expected the rest of her life to be, and um, you know what she wanted for her children growing up. and uh, you know, beautiful young woman, like early thirties, mm-hmm. um, stage four, you know, living with cancer. It's it can be incredibly difficult, you know, Mm -hmm. now to to juxtapose that there are plenty of women who, you know, they've beaten cancer and it's a party and they love it. They come in, they bring friends. We celebrate. It's it's a good time. Mm -hmm. But there are definitely, you know, we see everybody so it can be emotionally uh, tough.
0: Um, I'm sure that this has uh, been a very As you said, it's a very, it can be a very emotional process But at the same time, it can be a very rewarding process um, What are some of the life lessons That you've taken from your work That have aided you, not just, of course In your uh, tattoo practice, but also As a father, I know you're a dad I know you're a husband you know, uh, How has that helped you out in the other aspects of your life?
1: I think the number one thing would be patience hmm. um, A lot of people that I see or that I tattoo, you know, they're very nervous. They've never been to a tattoo shop before. They don't know what to expect. Um, and they may be really apprehensive to come see me. So you have to be patient. Um, and kind of like look at every person as if they were your mother or your wife or your sister and kind of take a personal ownership over, uh, that person that is sitting with you and take care of their needs and their feelings and emotions um, throughout the process so that you can get them the best results, but at the same time, you know, help them heal. It's got to be incredibly difficult to sit in my chair, um, you know, and face all of that stuff at the very end of your journey, uh, you know, looking for closure, looking to kind of put the, Put the bags down and get on with your life. Um, the other things that I've probably learned, I would say, are um, that life is not a guaranteed thing. You know, like life is, life can be short and sweet, life can be difficult. Um, you don't know what you're going to wake up to, you know, and I think it's given me a deeper appreciation for my life. And uh, being involved in the lives of my family and friends.
0: Right. And I think that's an interesting thing, you know, we talk about in our training, like, especially in Blade Arts, like in Atienza, Kali, and Sayoc, you know, uh, talking about, you know, life and death. And seeing things in that perspective, and I think what you just said really touches upon that. It's this idea that you know we're all we're all on a time clock, right? We're all in a countdown, uh, But we have to cherish the time that we have here. So that's great. Um, so you know we're winding down on time. I know you guys you got to get back to work, uh, but I just wanted to ask you. You know I usually end my uh, podcast with this question: In your opinion, what does it mean to be a hero? Wow,
1: that's a tough question. I would say. <clears throat> I would say there's multiple aspects to being a hero. I would say being being able to instill hope is uh, probably a uh, it's a good quality of a hero. I think um, getting up and doing what you do every day without uh, without pause, like you know, doing doing it anyway. If you wake up and it's a tough day, the world doesn't care. You got to do it anyway, you know. I think uh, I think that's a quality of a hero. I think um, I think doing the things that are hard, without without looking for acknowledgement at every turn. I think that's a good quality of a hero.
0: Well, that's awesome, man. And again, thank you for everything that you do. Is there any way that my listeners can get l- learn more about your work or possibly get in touch with you?
1: Sure. Um I have a personal website. It's uh Trentwichowski.com. I'll spell the last name. It's W Y C Z A W S K I. Um and there's also the Vinnie I think it's just vinniemyers and that's the group I work with. Um, we've got a ton of information on there for anyone who's looking for uh for info about what we do and the process and just a bit of an education about, uh, you know, everything that goes into what we what we do. Um, and it, they can always call the, the shop. It's uh, 410-876-4638, and we're in Baltimore area, Maryland.
0: All right, man. Thank you so much for your time, man. This has been awesome. And, again, please stay in touch with me next time you're in Dallas. Definitely let me know, brother.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, man. Thank Take you, care.
0: Thank you, brother. All right, guys, I really hope you enjoyed my interview with Trent Wachowski of Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, and, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Please feel free to leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, it helps our visibility and definitely gets the Bionic Warrior message out there. So till next time, guys, be the hero in your life.